and this is a, this is supposed to be a mental disorder. What kind of a what kind of I mean, this mental disorder has made you friends all over the planet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> stable, often loving relationships that are functional. It's supposed to be a mental disorder. Well, that doesn't sound like a psychiatric disability to me. It sounds like the the uh, characteristics of a kind people have in common. Uh, yeah, like, like a tribe, a tribe that's sure. scattered. Aspie's podcast, written, recorded, and produced by Paul. Hello, and welcome to the 11th Gorilla Aspie's podcast. My goodness, I'm churning them out. This particular one is focused around the autistic musician, translator, and activist, my very good friend, speaking to me from Tel Aviv, Chen Gushuni. So, <laughs> Han, Han Kashuni, the legendary Han Kashuni, <laughs> the man of the planet, the global <laughs> person all over the earth to all autistic people everywhere. Uh, <laughs> a, a personal friend of my wife and I stayed with us many times. I remember meeting you in 2005, wasn't it? Uh, six, yeah. You went to the second Ortscape. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's truly, and I think you came. Were you in London with us as well? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And you came and stayed with us a few times. We, we, you've never stayed with us enough. It's, it's quite a thing for me to know somebody who's smarter than me and quieter than me, because <laughs> I spent my time just waffling on, and you're very patient. <laughs> Extraordinary hand, yeah. Renowned all over the planet. As, as <laughs> I don't know where to start. It is really is like meeting a bit of a celebrity. Um, Ken, how did you start in the world of autism? Uh, okay, so how did I start? Uh, so I, I was always wondering, uh, I don't know, what was different about me or what yeah. was wrong about me or whatever. And I was wondering, uh, like since my childhood in the 1970s and then my teenage years in the 1980s, I was wondering, and then maybe late 1980s, I started reading about psychology and stuff, like trying to understand myself, trying to understand yeah. the world, trying to understand other people. Yeah. And then, then in the 1990s, in 96, uh, Donna Williams' first autobiography, Nobody Nowhere, it was... Right. Uh, was published in Hebrew in 1996, and it was a bit, uh, I don't know, I read about it in the newspapers, it was talked about for a while, and so I read her book. Actually, it's quite interesting, because it came out in Hebrew, but then a year later, I went traveling around England, and then in a a bookshop in Brighton, I found a whole heap of uh, Donna Williams, Nobody Nowhere, and they were getting rid of it, so they, they sold each copy for one pound. So I said, okay, oh. that's the book I wanted to read last year in Hebrew, and now I find it here in Brighton, and it costs uh, one pound per copy, so, so I had to get one. 
And Good. then I, w I went to the hostel I was staying in, and I just went on for like 24 hours or 48 oh. hours just reading the whole book. Reading the whole book, yeah. And it was wow, because even though Donna Williams, she, she was very, very different from me on many aspects, but she still, some of the core aspects of autism, which she, she described, it was like, wow, I, I was 27 at the time, and it was yeah. like... Somebody's explaining my whole life to me since the time I was a child. Yeah. And then uh, a year later, I mean, a few months later, I went back to Israel and I already had access to the internet. It was 97, then 98 came. And so I started researching autism on the internet. And then I started discovering uh, Martin Decker and Jim Sinclair. And who was, uh, there was Cassian Sibley and Amanda Bugs. And for a few years, I was just reading them. I mean, nobody knew I was there. <laughs> I was just <laughs> reading blogs by autistic people. I was not communicating with any of them. And then I was also trying to find autistic people in Israel. Yeah. And then in the late 2003, or a bit later, I started finding autistic people in Israel. Yeah. And then uh, there was already a group started by an autistic, by Stola Shelley. She was like the pioneer of the autistic community in Israel. And she was also active in uh, Autism Network International in America. She, I think she, she helped them organize the first few outreaches. And so I met her and she started a group and then another guy came and he said, let's be more political, let's be <laughs> really political. So I joined with them and then she told me about Outscape. So, so then I went to Outscape mm -hmm. uh, and then afterwards I tr started, uh, I saw there was no awareness because like, I knew all those things about autism from the internet and from reading all those autistic bloggers. But then when you went to mainstream media in Israel, it was like <laughs> autism was a totally different thing, the way it was described. Yeah. So I started uh, writing emails to journalists and started writing some of my own stuff. Yeah. And slowly uh, I got a few things published. And and then our, our organization kind of grew from year to year. And, and then after I went to Otscape, I also started advertising Otscape because I, I saw Otscape was, seemed like very revolutionary to me, but it was really small. I thought like, this is the European autistic conference and there were only 70 people from all around Europe. So <laughs> I started the advertising Otscape quite a lot on Wrong Planet, on, on Aspies for Freedom, on all yeah. those websites. And so I still do. 1992 yeah. to 2006, that scope you went to? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was when I was with my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. She wanted to sit in the room all the time and just do her work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not really to go to anyone. <laughs> she's such an autistic person. No, she's not my girlfriend anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was good. It was good. We were interviewed as well. A, a friend was there uh, who was who was interviewed us all on film, as you recall. We still we still see it as well. Yeah, 
but the the film never came out. I remember, yeah. We, we were yeah, it's but it yeah. still exists. That's a funny thing. It never came out. There's this time capsule of our lives from 2000. Ah. It still exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny old yeah. I remember it was a, a nice venue in Amherdown in Somerset. And yeah. I remember we went to be interviewed by a swimming pool. That's Maybe. right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Feet and talking because it's virtually impossible to be allowed to film anywhere else because people got so hypersensitive about being filmed. It got a bit tricky, so we just yeah. had to be filmed by the pool. You know, yeah, right. There mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it's quite striking that people from all sorts of backgrounds, from all sorts of countries, they're all together being autistic. It's like a United Nations, but better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Best thing is you should have had a few Palestinians there as well. It would have been brilliant. Everyone's yeah. <laughs> the old Arab. <laughs> and that would have been an So after that, you just sort of blossomed and connected with more and more people mm-hmm. online. Yeah, I mean, mostly just advertising Otscape and trying to see what's going on. I mean, because yeah. I thought there, there are so many things that could be done. And I was very interested in following whatever anyone was doing. Or yeah. like, like Autistic Pride Day, also a very big thing. Because it started, it started on Aspies for Freedom in 2005. I remember I joined Aspies for Freedom at the end of 2005, so I, I kind of missed the first Autistic Pride Day. Mm. But then, then I heard about it, read about it on Aspies for Freedom, but I wasn't sure if anyone was doing anything anyway. So I asked the, the small autistic group here in Israel, and they all wanted to do something. So. In 2006, we had a very tiny autistic pride day, like we were six people sitting uh, in a wood somewhere just outside, outside the train station, just uh, talking about autism. Uh, yeah. But then we grew from year to year. Nowadays, it's still not huge, but nowadays maybe we have about 50 people every year, except for this year. This year we had to cancel. But in previous years, maybe about 50 people, and we have uh, games, music, uh, poetry, arts, books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're trying to, to build an autistic culture. Yeah. I know. I'd say it's like if you read Neurotribes, they already exist in Silicon Valley. Steve Silverman yeah. told me we've taken NASA. We own National Aerobics and Space Administration, because that obviously when we were children, I'm, did you did you feel this when you were a child? Heaven was NASA to, to work. NASA. No, I think I think heaven was I don't know strawberry fields forever. Your idea of heaven was this um, home for kids that was about <laughs> I don't know. Nearly a mile down the road from where my parents' the house was, <laughs> and you'd walk down there past the the borstal. There was a borstal down there where all the really dodgy kids got sentenced to, and then there was the St. Francis Xavier School, <laughs> SFX, and then there around the corner was this gate for strawberry fields. It's now covered in graffiti. I took the goth, if you know uh, the goth editor yeah. of the magazine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called spectrum uh, and my wife we all walked down there because you know from my parents place he stayed with us one one christmas and there was this place it's like that's it that's heaven strawberry field <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have you been down there 
No, I, th I think the heaven, it's not the place, it's the song. Yeah. I oh. always want to enter the song. <laughs> yeah. Be a character in a song. Oh, right. Be a character in a song, yeah. yeah. Well, that was Liverpool. No, Penny Lane was at the other end of Menlo Avenue. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, take your stick down there and play. Play yeah. by the gates. Yeah. <laughs> You're quite a musician, aren't you? Yeah, I have now, now an artistic band. It's quite really? new. We've been What's playing for uh, Funky Shanky. We have a Facebook page. Uh, Could you spell that? <laughs> uh, funky is Funky Music. Right, right. And Shanky, S-H-A-N-K-Y. <laughs> hey, Shanky. Is that a Hebrew term? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, I, I did. uh, so we've been playing together for a shanking. year now. <laughs> there's easy shanking, Jamaican term shanking. And then there's the act of taking a very small knife. Or is that shiving? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Shiving somebody. Shanking. Got it. Yeah, easy shanking. Yeah. Got that totally wrong. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you. So we're playing a bit. I don't know. We had about two performances before the Corona thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll perform again, starting to record a bit. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I think it's really nice because it's a really nice artistic band. I mean, uh, all of us are, are quite good musicians, I yeah. may say. I mean, we're basically a good band, so, which happens to be all artistic. So we'll see how it goes. Well, we'd be very good at keeping time. If there was a bunch of people who were exactly precise and putting the notes in the right place, yeah. a bunch of autistic musicians. Either that, or they just play their own thing, regardless of anyone else, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> or oh, yeah. they expect everyone to keep time with them. I see. But, ah, okay. No, no, we have a drummer, and the drummer has his metronome, and yeah. we are keeping with the drummer. <laughs> All right, good. My brother was a drummer, and he uh -huh. got upstairs to the bedroom and he started playing. And about 10 minutes later, somebody burst through the door to try and kill him because they yeah. spent 10 minutes at the foot of the stairs shouting, I'm on the phone, I'm on mm -hmm. the landline. You know, it's the 80s. And then they, they go berserk and go up, run up the stairs and say, Well, yeah, is that you went, Oh, 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 I didn't realize, you know, I'm sorry. And mm -hmm. Then they go back to the phone call. <laughs> My happy go lucky little story of childhood. Yeah. So, how many autistic people would you say are visible online in person in Israel alone now? Uh, visible online. We have a close group on Facebook and we have 200 members, but uh, out of 200 members, I don't know, maybe maybe 20 or 30 people actually post. Yeah. Yeah, throughout the years, there were people who used to post and disappeared. So if I count the ones who disappeared, maybe 50, I don't know, online. But uh, yeah, it's still small. We don't, we don't have many bloggers at all. I don't know. Yeah. I can't think of any blogger now. I, I blog, but I don't really blog. I just translate from English, because <laughs> I think other people are already saying uh, quite nice things in English, so I just translate them. Mostly, if they're being interviewed in a newspaper, then yeah. it's usually higher standards, so I, 
tend to translate that. Okay. Yeah. So you act as a, as a Babel fish, as a big interface to. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying. Uh, it's important. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it is because the world is so large, and there are many interesting things happen. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> there was once a very nice interview in a Danish newspaper, but I don't speak Danish, so I put it into yeah. Google Translate, <laughs> and it was quite okay. Like, I took it from Google Translate, I edited a bit to, to try and see what it means, and I, I ended up having a nice uh, article in Hebrew, translated oh. by Google. <laughs> You're one of those many selfless advocates who thinks nothing of working very hard on something you make sound easy, but it's not. <laughs> For the sake of people you may never meet. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, no, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. And, and also, I never know if it has any impact. Right? I only know how many shares it gets. But yeah. Not more than that. I mean, if it doesn't have an impact, then I don't know. So sometimes I ask myself, why am I doing it? Okay, I'm translating it. I'm putting it online. And then... I don't know, I'm putting it on Facebook, I get a few comments, 100 likes, but that's it. I mean, did I change anything? Did I raise autism awareness in Israel? I don't know, but then uh, I have no, I don't know, I think it's a bit of a compulsion to do it. I don't know if it helps, but hopefully it helps. But it's a good compulsion. I think it shows a real caring. Uh, for us to connect together as a people. Uh, yeah, because I think there isn't awareness. I mean, so yeah. many people are un unaware of the autism, at least in this yeah. country. Yeah. And we actually need the ones who are unaware of the autism, because many of them would be able to really, really get the community forward if they yeah. join us. <laughs> there is so much good mental health simply having a positive experience of your own identity, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. meeting like-minded people. Yeah, meeting your own kind. I mean, look what happened to me. Yeah. I went to a social group and there was this poor woman, she never got away. <laughs> <laughs> she's still, she's there now, she's actually gone off to the shop, she's been doing all her work, teaching work. Yeah. Poor thing. She spends all the time with me, and then one of us gets away, and oh, thank goodness, and then she phoned the other one up. You know, there's no escape. <laughs> Notice that, you know. Hey, I've got away from the house. You're on the phone to me. Yeah, but I've got away from the house. I've been stuck with you for ages. You're still on the phone to me. Well, I know, I like it. <laughs> and this is, a, this is supposed to be a mental disorder. What kind of a, what kind of, I mean, this mental disorder has made you friends all over the planet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so often loving relationships that are functional. It's supposed to be a mental disorder. Well, that doesn't sound like a psychiatric disability to me. It sounds like the, the uh, characteristics of a kind people have in common. Uh, yeah, like, like a tribe, a tribe that sure. scatters all over the world. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you see all the activity last year on Twitter, all these people desperately trying to make out uh, it's just a disorder and there's nothing else involved, and it needs to be cured. Yeah, I mean, it's like in politics. You always have people who, who support one side, and you have people yeah. who support other sides. And 
I don't really get much into arguments on Twitter yeah. and Facebook because I don't think one side is going to, to convince the other side. I think our side is much bigger if we're talking yeah. about autistic people. Right. Our side is getting bigger from year to year. And it is. The ones the ones who only see it as a disorder, I see them online, but it's really quite a tiny amount of people yeah. <laughs> compared to, so yeah. so they don't bother me in any way. I mean, <laughs> they're entitled to their opinions. I have no problems with them. Well, it's interesting is we entitle them to their opinions and consider them, but the people I'm speaking of, they're not, they're only interested in their opinion. And anyone they disagree with is try. They try to make them look out, like to look stupid. They mm. use tactics to make you look stupid. They also mm. talk to themselves <laughs> and call you a narcissist and anything else they can possibly throw at you. When the weird thing is that we could accept that we are disordered if we have the properties of a disorder. Mm. You see, we are mentally disabled if we can prove we have disabilities. Because being yeah. autistic, in some respects we are, in some respects we're not at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree that there's some of them, they're interested in their opinions. Okay, I mean, they don't have too many followers. So, and, and that's life. I mean, people have different opinions about everything. So. I think it's because they're autistic. <laughs> no, I think everyone has different opinions. <laughs> But if you're obsessive compulsive, you can only have your opinions. Yeah, <laughs> so you can. I mean, no, nobody. I mean, if they're just on Twitter and on Facebook, I mean, yeah. they can speak to themselves for the rest of their lives. I mean, they um, do. They have these little groups you can find on on Twitter for some yeah, reason. Yeah. They do is talk to themselves about how much they hate people like me and you and and people like Alex Plank get it. Mm, yeah. All sorts of people. I can name it. And all they do is bitch about people who, are, who have blocked them years before. And they use um, they use so Twitter accounts to spy on people and screen grab them and criticize them. And it goes round and round. It's completely paranoid. Yeah, yeah but some of them, I mean, you know, probably Jonathan Mitchell, he, he's a great anti-neurodiversity activist, but he constantly retweets very nice tweets about neurodiversity. I mean, yeah. He retreats in order to criticize, but actually yeah. I find him a very good uh, source for yeah. very good neurodiversity articles. That's so. the weird thing. Mitchell <laughs> seems to me to be a very paranoid individual. If you mention him, he wrote the article in The Spectator at the beginning of, of last year, which was quite a disturbing thing to read. What I noticed is he's part of a whole gang of people um, who come together as autistics agree with each other, have positive, ongoing, stable relationships, and work together to oppose others. They mm. are a neurodiversity movement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay. I mean, I don't know. I just sometimes follow them because they publish very good uh, neurodiversity articles. Yeah. In order to criticize them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, here's proof these talk people are talking rubbish, and it's great what they're, they're passing on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mitchell has this catchphrase, uh, wisdom, wisdom from a new, more wisdom, yeah. than you're yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's actually quite cool. Pieces, ah, Mitchell's like, this proves they're talking rubbish, you know, because he can only see things his own way because he's autistic. It's great. <laughs>
It's it's very sad. He's been uh, featured in newspaper articles and magazine articles. Yeah, yeah. And the Andrew Wakefield-backed, uh, I think it's Autism One channel, had him in. And there was this middle-aged man, this relatively vulnerable individual, was put on the screen. And at the end, he said, "Well, why? You know, what do you want to achieve? Constantly trolling, and basically, you know, slandering and abusing people like us." And he said, "I just wish these people would just stop it and stop being silly and stop saying these things." Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we can say what we want about neurodiversity. I mean, we can continue building the movement, uh, continue having events, having websites, having organizations. There's still a lot to do. And, uh, I don't see. And not bothered by anyone who doesn't want to join or, or who thinks uh, that we shouldn't build the community. We build it anyway. And it grows. Yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. It grows and it grows and people make friends and they just want to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. There's also an anti-neurodiversity community, like a, like a, a, an, a yin to the yang full of depressed, nasty, self-loathing, I want to be neurotypical, want to be neurotypicals, like Jonathan, who is like a a Satan figure, a lord of hell. There is this sort of anti-world full of people doing exactly the same thing as we are. Mm. (laughs) As long as they they help us to advertise the neurodiversity movement, that's a good thing. I mean, because then people more people would hear about neurodiversity and yeah. then everyone can make their own opinions. <laughs> yeah. It's a schism, you see. Yeah. It's just yeah. part of the greater whole. And, and yeah, exactly. You see what see what's happened? It's it's politics, like you said at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. This I think proves that we are the this subculture, a viable subculture, and we are part of humanity. When you, you get a tribe with different factions. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Extreme views. Yeah, yeah. We we need different views for for the drama. I mean, it would have been boring if. Everyone <laughs> <agreed>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you see many um, autistic people daily? Are there some people you see all the time at home, television? Daily, not really. And now in the coronavirus, uh, definitely yes. not daily. I mean, I email people daily. Yeah. yeah but, we meet when we meet. I mean, uh, I don't know. I see people when I see them. No, not that much. Mm. But I have a reason to. Yeah. How how is the lockdown happening in in Tel Aviv? How are people handling it? So, so now now it's, it's no longer a lockdown. Yeah. Everything is open. Just need to wear a mask when we're going out. But uh, it's no longer a lockdown. But uh, it's recommended not to go if you don't have to go. Yeah, I don't go much. And the trains are a bit strange. We need to like reserve reserve a place in the train because they only allow 500 people into every train. So you cannot just come to the station, get a ticket, and board the train. You need to mm. reserve your place ahead. But, okay. <laughs> What did you think of the the event we put on um, about a month ago? Was it the Autism Pride event? Oh, it was, 
it was great. And I had a song there, and uh, I mean, it, it was really nice. People sent in videos from yeah. the, mostly from England, but also all over the world. There were people from America and, and possibly other countries. Mm. And it was good. I think that next year, even if there are a normal Autistic Friday event, it's good to have an online wine as well, or maybe do live broadcasts from yeah. from the event. Like, yeah, uh, I can organise that. I've got uh, uh, cameras that I can put through phones. Originally, we, was going, we were going to be sitting there in um, which one was it? Hyde Park, mm-hmm. unusual tree. And yeah. I had it organized with the, the stand and gear, but, but the day before, somebody was actually stabbed there. Ah. Extreme mm. right wingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so a video, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to risk your life? Maybe, maybe not, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's never, I've never known that to happen. <laughs> These idiots were walking around, you know, they've got nothing better to do, basically, than threaten people, attack people. And, Start shouting at you because they feel like it, more or less. So yeah, what kind of countries have you visited now? Uh, if if we're talking autism related, uh, not that many. Uh, yeah. England many times for Rotscape. Right. And also about five years ago, there was the festival of dyslexic culture. So yeah, where I, I did a small presentation about the history of neurodiversity. Right, yeah, I remember. And, uh, and I went to Otrit in the United States twice uh, yeah. or thrice, maybe 2007, 2008, yeah. 2011. Yeah. I went to France once. Uh, we had like we had. On the wrong planet forums, we had like a European meeting in yeah. South France in yeah. 2009. It was small, maybe 10 people, but it was really yeah. nice. And then uh, last year, I went to a conference in Poland because uh, I was invited to do a talk about, uh, we did the research here. A friend of mine did a master's degree over here yeah. about about the conflict between autistics and the establishment and she took myself and a few others we were like a steering committee for the research so then then last year i went to poland did a presentation about our research about our findings yeah so it was really nice i mean yeah there's a nice autistic community all over europe now There's now an autistic council, uh, a European council of autistic people. I'm not involved in it, but I follow it. It Where is it based? They have an office in in Prague, and and it has uh, member organizations from, I don't know, all over Europe. They also had a bit of an online conference a few months ago. That I attended. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it, it would be good to have more events like Otscape in other countries, maybe if they do something really European, like in the center of Europe. I don't know, maybe in Prague or somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind going to something like that. 
Yeah. Not what I do. <laughs> exactly. You just sit there and listen to people obsess. Yeah. But something good would come of it because we'd all come together. This sense of of a tribe. And yeah, I it's a, yeah. Very much so. Like the first Oscates I went to, it was always a bit like a tribe, but it was mm. quite small. And then when I went two years ago, it was 200 people. So mm. it was much larger than before. And it was a bit more organized and many more people actually helped to organize it. So I did feel like there's things are moving forward, onward. I wonder how large could it become? I mean, it was great with 200 people. I would love it to be 300 or more. But we did know. two events. Uh, we did an event two years running with the National Autistic Society called Autcon. And the second time, we got 800 people in a day. Wow. Yeah. Trying to bring it back ever since because I'm part of that. But a uh, bit tricky, bit tricky. We've got a new CEO and the lockdown will hopefully end the quarantine. So maybe we could get it back next year. I don't know. Yeah. So there was a, an autism arts festival in the yeah. University of Kent. Yeah, we did yeah. that. Should have gone. We did that two years running. Mm-hmm. Played it the first time with my solo show, and then we did Stealth Aspies last year. Mm-hmm. That was good, 2017, 2019. And um, uh, what's her name? Kate played it. Um, and that other fella, uh, <laughs> the autistic um, comedian, Robert. Robert White played, and ah. Kate mm-hmm. Fox, they did the main ah. thing. And uh, Realina was there, and uh, we got a few. We got. Um, Comedian's name I can't remember. He played a few people. Comedian's name Robin was there. Robin Stewart and uh, yeah, I did it. A few characters. A lot of characters were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That was good. It's quite funny because I'm in the front row of, of Rhea's set, and then of course Rhea gets to attack me because mm. you know she talked about, and I would never have been exposed on the media and, uh, as autistic unless Paul Wadey told everybody. You told them. <laughs> in the closet you expose man she still shouting at me it was brilliant Mo. it was like it's all your fault and I was like, like oh mercy you know <laughs> Dr. Rhea she's very pertinent now if you watch her um, you listen to her podcast because she's a virologist got personal uh, qualifications in that she really has got a finger on the pulse of what's going on make a well here as I say, we have awful weather, but we've got a lot of WhatsApp groups, uh, global ones. We've got a lot of people keeping in touch here, autistics keeping in touch. Mm-hmm. People calling each other and people communicating. And it has to be said that there is a substantially larger number of people on just Twitter alone than there was last year, isn't there? Advocates. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's so large. I don't know how many are. Yeah. <laughs> I only know the ones I follow, but uh, must be many, many others I'm unaware of. Yeah. I don't know how it's possible to gauge how many yeah. are. <laughs> I can see that in some dialogues that relatively new people put up, huge number of people appear who are, are contributing, you know, positive, straightforward things, but all these names. Mm-hmm. are appearing from nowhere and you, you can see yeah, people who abuse now this isn't last year now they just get blocked they're not part of it in fact i think the fa- the faction of people who are trolling seems to have died off 
although you mm-hmm. do get people, they're, they're very easily eliminated. Mm-hmm. Or, or they end up in this incestuous pool that I discussed. I just yeah. don't. There's no real need. I was looking for arguments against everything we've been talking about. And I didn't find any, you see. Yeah. Not really. Except that I was wrong just to say it's not a disorder and disability. In some cases it is, in some cases it isn't, in some cases it's both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ken, it's really okay. nice to chat to you. I know, <laughs> nice. You don't know mm-hmm. Sorry? Nice to talk to you too. <laughs> you too, yeah, yeah. The thing is that what you do is so straightforward. You just get on with it. Because you've never yeah. been a man, you don't waffle like me. You're just really, really straightforward in what you say. Yeah. <laughs> Charismatic in doing it. Will you be giving a presentation um, in future Oddscapes? Mm, I never did a presentation at Oddscape. Uh, maybe one year, I don't know. I haven't Should. thought about it. Yeah. Maybe. The whole history. Yeah. Um, to uh, Emma Dalmain to do a, a podcast maybe a series of recordings actually about the whole history of what she's been up to which is enormous and you've got a lot of detail but mm-hmm. uh whereas you're the relatively gentle person who quietly gets people together and quietly translates and connects well through translation words sort of the militants <laughs> <laughs> it's great that we're all connected together socially with the different temperaments and different ways of approaching what we do yeah 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 you're going into your chen mode now, which is where you're very quiet and positive <laughs> and not of this very quiet presence, which everyone loves, by the way, very much. <laughs> chen, thank you very much for, for talking to me about your life and activities. Okay, thank you. I hope you feel you got a word in edgeways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.